the longer form content allows us to really influence the decision over a longer period of time. I've got nothing against commercials. We use them at Brand USA as well. But today, that can't be the only way that you show people the product because 30 seconds is not enough to tell the story. You, you, can't, you really can't tell a story. You know, you're just, it's a marketing message. Greetings, and welcome to Content That Moves, the podcast from brand storytelling and credo nonfiction, where it's my distinct pleasure to interview the brightest minds in branded content creation who are out there telling the stories that make you actually feel something on behalf of brands. I'm your host, Jesse Raisler, the founder of Credo Nonfiction, where we partner with brands to find and tell stories that reveal brand purpose and deepen brand meaning in a way that traditional advertising just doesn't. This podcast is co-produced by Brand Storytelling, bringing you the latest news, trends, and insights in branded content with top of industry events and in-depth industry coverage online. Brand Storytelling encourages a higher level of collaboration amongst advertisers, agencies, media partners, and creators in pursuit of a richer media environment. For more of the latest in the world of branded content or to explore event offerings, visit brandstorytelling.tv today. In this episode, I chat with Senior Director of Product and Technology at Brand USA, Mark Lapidus, about their approach to creating and distributing original and licensed content through their own OTT platform called Go USA, and why any brand might want to create their own platform. We also discuss why much of traditional tourism content has often felt like little more than a video brochure and what we can do to change that. Without further ado, Mark Lapidus. Mark Lapidus, welcome to Content That Moves. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. I've I've been looking forward to this conversation for several reasons, not least of which is that you're actually our, our very first guest from the tourism industry where there are just incredibly rich stories to be told. Um, but I feel like a lot of the time, you know, we're still being served what are essentially video brochures or, you know, attractive images that don't end up you know, doing much to compel us emotionally to visit a place, you know? Uh, and I think, I think there's so much untapped potential there. And I know you've been creating some really compelling series and um, different content through your own streaming app, Go USA, which, you know, I want to tell the full story of, but, you know, you're pushing the envelope there. But, you know, before we do that, I, I know Brand USA is no small operation, but I doubt a lot of the general listening audience will know too much about it. So if you could start just by telling us, you know, what is Brand USA, how it was founded and, and what the mission is, that'd be great. Certainly. But before I do that, Jesse, I have to ask you, what's it like to be a James Beard award-winning content creator? <laughs> oh man, as a foodie, it's, it was a dream come true when that happened. You know, like I've, first of all, like I read James Beard books, uh, you know, for years and years. So I was a fan of, James Beard when I was cooking before I was even filmmaking. So uh, it was a great honor. <laughs> so thanks. You know, we do a lot of content with with food. So that was a, a natural fit. Um, well, that's a bigger work. Congratulations. Oh, thanks. Thanks so much. So to answer your question, um, and by the way, we make a lot of food content, so we can get into that too a little bit later on. And sure. I, I know that a lot of your audience are into content creation. So even though I'm going to describe what Brand USA does, please don't fall asleep on me because we're going to get to content creation in just a second. But before we do that, I want to lay a little groundwork about 
uh, what Brand USA and Go USA TV specifically is. Great, great. So Brand USA was formed in 2010 by an act of Congress. You can tell I've given this speech just a few times, right? Um, <laughs> the American tourist industry was really strong right up until about 9-11. And then, you know, that horrible event happened and uh, we created a lot of visa restrictions and uh, there were safety concerns on the part of some tourists. And for whatever reason, tourists started looking elsewhere. Uh, the travel industry realized that there was both an issue and an opportunity and the U.S. Travel Association, which uh, is a lobbying group, uh, uh, decided to try to form uh, a agency. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know, I wasn't there. I've only been at Brand USA for seven years, but I suspect there was probably talk about creating a federal agency because a lot of governments have these type of agencies, you know, like there's one in England called uh, Visit Great Britain. Sure. Um, but, you know, there's not a lot of appetite today to perform, uh, to, to actually create a new federal agency. So uh, <laughs> that right. was never going to happen. So they formed a, a not-for-profit public-private uh, partnership. And so the way that it works is that every time a tourist comes into the United States and pays a visa entry fee, we get a small amount of it, about 10 bucks, goes into a fund at the, I call it a piggy bank, really, at the Department of Commerce, where they collect $100 million a year for us. But in mm -hmm. order for us to get our hands on the cash, we have to actually raise uh, an equal amount from private industry, whether that's through a combination of cash or in-kind. So okay. in-kind might be a donation to media, for example, something like that. Oh. And our partners are all the players in the travel industry. So that could be, uh, you know, everybody from Expedia to Marriott to United Airlines to all the visiting destinations throughout the United States, both at the state, uh, city and regional level. You know, so they all make donations to us, which enable us to do this marketing to the world. So we're we're internationally focused. We don't really do anything domestically. And although you can see a lot of our products in the United States, for example, over half of our web traffic on the many websites that we have comes from the United States. We don't actually even count it because our mission is to attract international tourists to the United States. So we function at what they call the highest level of the uh, travel funnel. And by the way, if it sounds like this verbiage is new to me, it really relatively is because my background actually is in broadcasting. So I come right. out of the television radio space and I started working very early digitally about 1994, in fact, creating okay. some of the first uh, websites for radio stations. Um, uh. So I've worked at that convergence for a very, very long time. And I didn't really get into travel until I started to work for Brand USA. And initially I was brought in to run websites and to um, build out our social media presence. And then as time went on, the job evolved into because my background had been TV, we started doing more in video and we kept thinking yeah. about a way to, to surface this video um, that could be, um, that could grow an organic audience and that mm -hmm. wouldn't, wouldn't be too expensive for us to explore. And I'd been reading about um, over the top television for quite a long time. And I, so I started exploring it, realized that we could actually do it. And then toward the end of 2018, we decided to launch Go USA TV. That's great. And that, that's something I was so excited to really dig into, too, because feel free to fact check me, but I'm not sure any other tourism board has created their own OTT channel. Do you know of any? Well, I was going to I was hoping you would actually fact check me because I'm not <laughs> really I'm not really 100 percent sure. I mean, there are some state entities that have created them. I know that uh, Visit Florida has one and our friends okay. at Visit California have one. And of course, those mm -hmm. are solely focused on 
the state units, right? So what we sure. do is we, we aggregate everybody. So yep. it, all the states, all the cities, um, all the territories and the, uh, the district of Columbia, they're, they're all our partners and we feature content about all of them. And fortunately at this point we have lots of content up about everybody. You know, we started with whatever mm-hmm. we had initially with YouTube actually, cause we had a lot of content on YouTube and we knew it wasn't going to stay that way. And it didn't for very long because, you know, YouTube is its own experience and it's, it's not really television. I mean, it mm-hmm. becomes a TV substitute, but when you, when you actually start pushing to a bigger screen, it enables you to tell a bigger story. Right. So, yeah. And to feature, you know, different locations to do them justice. I mean, a big screen can make you feel like you're going there and makes you want to actually visit it in person too. Right. So right. it seems like that's right. I, and, and, and we have, you know, we are available on iOS and Android, so you can watch it on your mobile phone. Um, I always encourage people to watch it on TV because I just think it, it's a better experience. And so, right. you know, the, the way that we really have been uh, very active during the pandemic is we haven't been able to do a lot, a lot of, like everyone else, we haven't been out there shooting, right? We, we just can't, mm-hmm. we weren't able to do it. In fact, we're, we're about to go out for the very first time since last March. Uh, we're doing uh, a series with Atlas Obscura that I'm happy to tell you about a little bit later. We started with... Uh, with three basic apps uh, for download. We started with Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire, quickly mm. went into Google Chromecast, um, and then we launched iOS and Android for phones, and then we started uh, streaming a linear channel. Um, and so the linear channel is available now on Samsung TV Plus in the UK and in India, and uh, Samsung's also put it on mobile phones throughout the EU. Um, we recently launched on Plex, and so people can actually watch Plex on the web. So that's our first venture into web TV. It's available there. It's also available through their app, and it's on lots of gaming systems that Plex is part of. Uh, Plex has been a video storage um, platform for many, many years, but they went into the uh, the linear television and VOD game, uh, I guess, about two years ago. And so, you know, they have their own lineup. Uh, the Samsung TV Plus is built right into the television, like many are today, and so th- that's its own ecosystem. And we're on linear and also VOD with them. Um, I'm starting to lose track of the platforms, where, you know, and that's a good thing, right? Uh, let's yeah. see, we're on we're on Reach TV, which is in airports and hotels around the world. Okay. Uh, we nice. launched on Go Transit, which is on the uh, Canadian uh, transit system. Um, oh. Wow. You know, I should have the so list you're here finding, in front of me. You're finding <laughs> travelers where they are. That's great. I mean, talk about knowing who you're targeting and finding them where they naturally are. Well, um, the objective, of course, is you know to be where everyone is watching, right? So you want to. Yeah. I think the the key for content distributors is if you're in that game, you got to be on as many places as you can be. So mm-hmm. we are actively, you know, if you're if you're in the distribution game and you'd like to carry Go USA TV, I hope you'll call me. Because we're we're interested. <laughs> That's great. Well, in addition to you know being all these places, you're serving, you're putting forth a lot of interesting content. Now I know, like you said, you're partnering with local, you know, state or city tourism boards to to bring their content through your channel. But you're also creating Go USA originals. Um, so I'd love to hear more about like how are you deciding what type of series and content that you want to produce 
as a Go USA originals, and I know there's a couple examples, one of which uh, is called Americanos. I'd love to, to dig into maybe as an example of that. Sure, I can tell you about that. Um, we actually have kind of three buckets of content for Go USA TV. One is the originals that we're going to chat about now. Uh, the second is uh, licensing, which some of your listeners might be interested in. We do licensed content. So if you've made interesting stories about the United States, uh, it doesn't even have to be about travel, really. We look for things that have a sense of place. So if, mm -hmm. you've, con if you've made something that has a real sense of place and would make people want to go there, we'd be interested in taking a look at it. Um, and then the third bucket we have uh, that we can talk about is uh, we get donations from our partners or destination partners. So uh, as an example, uh, Visit Seattle makes a lot of great video content um, for their own channels and they've donated that to us. We got a great movie from Visit Nashville that's still on the channel. Mm. Uh, but as to go USA TV original production, um, it, it's, uh, it's great to have choices, you know, and there's so many smart people uh, around the world uh, that have pitched ideas to us. So basically what we do is because of our kind of quasi uh, government um, uh, position is we, we have an RFP process where we actually will post an RFP um, and we're about to put one up pretty soon. So people should keep their eyes out for it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's more, I guess the way to put it in the commercial world is it's a brief really, you know, it sure. explains, it explains the kind of storylines that we're looking for. And then, you know, people submit the storylines and we have a very small uh, committee of people to take a look at the concepts and we, we pick one. Um, we've gotten a little bit more intelligent about it, I think, as the years have gone on and we've, and we've, uh, we've invested more money in it. And so therefore, what we like to try to do is pilot. You know, initially mm. we, would, we would go in with an idea and then we would make three, four, five or even more or something. Um, mm -hmm. and that, that often works, but unless we've done other work together, it's, it's quite a leap to just go, okay, we're going to make an investment in an entire series before we, we even know what we have. So, you know, I'm, I'm yep. very much a fan of the pilot. Sure. Yeah. And you're not alone in that. I mean, yeah, better to have that proof of concept and, you know, ideally maybe you come to the table with an ideas of how it will series episode out, right. Across right. a whole season, but right. then. Let's go into production on one and see how it feels and course correct if needed. And if not, you're good to go. I mean, like any other industry, uh, Jesse, travel has its um, its themes that work. Uh, you know, I we talked about food as we opened the podcast. And, you know, yeah. that's some, something everybody eats, right? You, you don't necessarily travel to eat, but when you travel, you do eat. Right, you know, we, right. We have found that it is in our research, it does show that it's a motivator for travel, but it's not the number one sure. motivator or the two or the three, really, you know. So um, we've made quite a bit of content about food. And for travel, I think when you do food content, the challenge is actually getting out of the kitchen or the restaurant because yes. you, you want to be able to show more of the environment than just the inside of a kitchen or hear the ruminations of a chef, no matter how fascinating they may be at a at a dining room table, you know? Yep. So yep. that's the challenge we face when we make that kind of content. And I think we've gotten much better at it over time because, you know, we get the participants to kind of open up about the location that they're in and what brought them there and what makes it special. And they talk about the community and, and all that stuff. Um, yeah. Another, another content theme that resonates very well is the great outdoors. 
right? So, yeah. I mean, the United States has such wonderful national parks and state parks and local parks. And we've actually made uh, three IMAX films that, that are primarily, two of them at least, are focused primarily around the parks. Um, very, very popular. Um, there's so many things to show and, and to story tell around. Um, and then another theme that resonates really well are road trips. I mean, mm, sure. that's what, you know, Americans aren't the only ones that think about road tripping. Everybody that comes here wants to drive around. They may not realize what the distances are. I mean, it's, it's crazy when you talk to people from other countries and they think they can drive from New York to California in two days. <laughs> you know? On the other right. hand, how many of us know how far it is from Spain to Italy? You know, <laughs> we, don't, sure. yeah. Yeah. we don't really know, right? I mean, you'll, you have to get out the map to actually take a look. So, so those are some basic content themes we use. I, I'd say that one of the challenges that we face in making that content is creating a plot, you know, like a storyline of interest yep. that has a little conflict and a little emotion and all the things that kind of evolve around great storytelling. Because the typical thing that can happen with travel content is that you take an interesting person, you send them to a cool place, and you show all the stuff that they do, and that's the story. And, and mm -hmm. while there's nothing wrong with that, especially if the person is extremely interesting, and they almost have to be, or it's not that compelling, right? I think there is a next, a next level of travel entertainment that takes it to actual storytelling like Americanos, where people are actually talking about their experiences. You know, yes. you're, you're deep into the culture, and they're telling you where they grew up, how they grew up, why tourists will enjoy it. You know, the fascinating things about those, those, that location from a Latinx perspective, you know, and you yep. can't just, you can't get that by just talking, usually you can anyway, by just talking to one person, you know, so right. Right. Uh, th that's one way to do it. I mean, another way is to create a little bit of conflict. I mean, we had these, we had a, a there's a short series we did called Lucky in Love that we did along with the BBC where it's a game really, where they are, they, they get a choice of two places and then they uh, flip a coin as to where they're going because they, they, they don't know what they're doing every day. And so the coin mm -hmm. flip enables them to go to different places, whether they like it or not. One, one person in the couple may want to go there, the other may not. And, and that enabled a little bit of conflict, which was interesting in several of the episodes. I mean, it's, in a way, it's kind of like reality TV because you don't know what you're going to get. You know, you overshoot sure. and you hope for the best. And then sure. the key is in the editing at the end. Sure. Well, and I think it's so interesting, too, when you, you were talking about Americanos, and I've seen this done really well one or two other times. I think it was, I think it was Expedia. Um, it was a campaign called Find Yours, and it really dove more deeply into a personal story about, like, why is someone either returning to a place or going to a place that was meaningful for their family or going somewhere a family member has always wanted to, but have never had the opportunity, like um, across generations, maybe fulfilling a dream of an older generation that never happened. I mean, it's not hard to think of different sort of story constructs that you can place these journeys within. And all of a sudden, there's these layers, right, of emotion and meaning that emerge. And you still get all the beautiful travel visuals, but it all of a sudden takes on a new meaning, right? Absolutely. You're 100% right. And, and off the beaten path and hidden gems are, mm -hmm. are great themes that work really well for us and for anyone really making travel content. Because who isn't interested in that? I mean, 
everyone wants to see something that's off the beaten path. And we did an entire series called Ask a Local, where the local person is actually giving you the guided tour, very often taking you into things that you wouldn't see if you just happened to do an internet search. You know, yeah. you're really getting the in inside perspective from someone that actually lives there. The Atlas yeah. Obscure project that I mentioned earlier yeah. in the podcast, um, we've done a lot of work with Atlas. We just love those guys. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with their product, I highly recommend you go to their website and start checking it out, both the written content and the videos. They're just an amazing organization. Um, the one we're doing right now that we piloted and the pilot came out even beyond our expectations, it features uh, Dylan Thuris, who's um, one of the founders of Atlas Obscure. It's, it's called Small Town Big Story. And the idea is to go to small towns in America and tell the story about them uh, that no one or very few people of this generation may have ever heard. You know, and often yeah. it reflects back to the founding of that city or town from people that came to the United States and decided to stay here. And then whatever ethnicity they're from resonates throughout uh, the town. And that's sure. kind of how it's built. And, and I, I think a lot of international tourists find that interesting as well. Well, we've actually got the trailer for the first episode here. So let's take a listen to the audio because I think even without the visual, you can get a sense of the concept, which is super fun. What are you doing, Dylan? I'm trying to get the ice to talk to me. I'm trying to get the ice to like, uh, it makes these great kind of like rippling crack sounds. So I know this ice is really thick, but that's still so scary. <laughs> so I really like Welcome to South Bristol, Maine, population 900. What seems like an ordinary, sleepy coastal fishing town has something truly incredible going on. South Bristol is one of the only places on the planet that still harvests ice. One day a year, people come from all over the world to haul mammoth ice blocks and throw a heck of a get-together while they're at it. Welcome to the party. It's time to break the ice. I'm Dylan Thuris, reporting for Atlas Obscura, and this is Small Town Big Story. I love that. Will this series be available to view anytime soon, or what's the schedule for what that's going to look like? Well, as I, you know, as we talked about before, we piloted it. We loved it. Um, we're about to go out in the field and shoot more of them. Um, I don't know about you, but what I find is that even though we think we're going to get these things done in three or four months, it's usually, <laughs> yeah, you're laughing. So, you know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's usually yeah. six months, eight months. It can take a year sometimes. Um, because we live in this world where we want people to be able to binge um, we're really reluctant to just make one episode and put it out there. You know, I just don't think that's right. very smart. So Unless you've got them all ready to go too, and you could do like one a week or something. 100%, right. right. If you're able yeah. to then stack them that way, it's great. Mm -hmm. But if we rolled out the pilot now and then people had to wait five months to see the second episode, no, it's, no. you know, it, that doesn't make sense. So it may take us a while to get to the five episodes that we're going to do. We'll see. Or maybe we'll do more than that. I don't know. Well, we'll keep a keep an eye out for a small town big story for yeah. sure. That sounds like a really cool concept. And so much of travel content I feel like is all about the big city culture and there's so much in small town and rural America that gets missed, unfortunately. So, there's I'm an glad you're incredible 
Thank you. There's there's an incredible amount of diversity in the U.S. and we're about to embark on a many voices strategy at Brand USA, not just on Go USA TV, but across all of our platforms on social and our websites and uh, basically everything we do, where we highlight the diversity of America because there's just so much to experience and 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 so many um, uh, cultural things that people don't even know about. You know that right. we that we can that we can show the world and 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 and, and um, I think they'll be intrigued about what they see. And as I said, we play at the high inspiration level, right? So what we're attempting to do is to get people to watch a lot of this content with the idea that sooner or later they'll come here. Because planning mm-hmm. a trip to the United States, I mean, think about your own trips wherever you're going long haul. You spend a long time doing it. And for most people, it's it's not a uh, one day decision. Uh, nor is it a uh, an investment that happens more than once or twice a year if we're really fortunate and, and do well financially. You know, it's a big right. commitment to come here from around the world, right? That's so um, the longer form content allows us to really influence the decision over a longer period of time, which in my view is really important because the way that this industry has has really kind of focused in the past is with commercials. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. and how... and I've got nothing against commercials. We use them at Brand USA as well. But today, that can't be the only way that you show people the product because 30 seconds is not enough to tell the right. story. You, you, can't, you really can't tell a story. You know, you're just, it's a marketing message. And right, or at least not one with emotion or depth or meaning that you can in a longer format. That's right. right. That's 100% right. You know, and so... Um, that's, I think, one of the best reasons for us to be in the long form content game, because that's how you, that's how you really connect with people. That's how you reach out and tell them what you're all about. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is a lot of, through the storytelling, you can reveal values that are important to your brand as well, which I've seen more and more of, and that's so cool. And you're talking about longer form content and things you can do there, um, before we wrap up, I just want to ask, you know, if there are other content creators in the in the tourism space who have been maybe more accustomed to doing shorter form, quicker hit type of content, what advice might you have to someone who's embarking on, you know, a, a long form content um, creation campaign, maybe for the first time? Well, of course, you're not going to be surprised to hear me say this, but the first thing that I advise them to do is to watch Go USA TV. right it's a show don't tell it's also a storytelling role right well the reason i say that is it's not just to see the the things that we've made um it's also to see what many other destinations have made because we we have so many things on there i mean you won't necessarily be able to tell well maybe actually people in the content world could tell just by looking at it because they'll see certain marks or cues that it might've been made by, let's say, Visit Seattle that I referenced earlier. You'll probably realize when you watch those shows that that Visit Seattle actually made them. You know, Mm. um, often you can't tell that whether we made them or whether a destination made them or whether we licensed them. You Mm, know, that's, it just happens that way. Um, But that's the first place I'd have people look to see what they think can be, I mean, learn from other people's endeavors, right? Don't we all do that anyway? We look at a show and go, actually, you know, it's funny. This applies. I was talking to a friend of mine recently who's an actor. I hadn't seen him for many, many years. And uh, he came over to my house and he also has done quite a bit of stand-up. 
And I asked him what the worst audience was. And he said, it's actually other comedians. He says, when you stand up for <laughs> other comedians and you try to tell jokes, what happens is um, they look at you and they'll go, that's funny. That's not so funny. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. I'm going to steal it. You know, so. Right, right, <laughs> right. That's, that's what you get from comedians. And um, it's uh -huh. analytical. And that's uh, in some ways, um, when you watch the content that other people have made, that's what you're doing, right? You're doing an analytical analysis of would that work for my destination or would that work for my brand? Yeah. And that's so funny you bring it up because for me too, it's it's hard not to when you're involved in the craft of filmmaking or TV making and then you watch something, you're always kind of thinking about the craft and those things and what would you do? But I know something's really fantastic when I I don't even go there and it just pulls me in and I'm like carried away on the wave of a story, right? And I have to watch it a second time to notice the craft. So it's so funny you mentioned that. I think that can be <laughs> that can be sometimes a measuring stick for us to go like, wow, I was so immersed. I didn't even think about that. But I think you're right. It's a great place to get ideas too. Yeah, that's a very insightful way of looking at it. I hadn't thought of that before, but you're right. I mean, sometimes you do get so immersed, you forget that you're in the business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And what cool. a business it is. I mean, all of us should be so happy to have jobs like these, right? I mean, my friends are, who work in other industries, they might work in insurance or here where I live and outside of Washington, D.C., most, most, a lot of people either work for the federal government or they work for, you know, belt, we call them beltway bandits, you know, these companies that actually work at the federal government. Some of those jobs can be fairly dull. But us, the people that work in the content creation business, I mean, how lucky are we? I mean, come we, on. This is we great. We are, are so blessed. And I think right now, we are so amped to get back out there, right? I mean, both in the production, content creation and production and the travel industry, like coming out of this last year and a half, we're like, let's go make it all, you know, make up for lost time. So what an exciting time to be doing it and getting back out there. Very exciting time. Well, I think that's a, a very uh, <laughs> fun note to end on. Um, so I just wanted to say thanks for being here and we'll make sure to link to all these great projects and, and to the the TV app in the notes here. You're welcome. And I hope your listeners will take a look at Go USA TV. And if anybody's interested in um, either distributing the channel or if they're interested in um, submitting licensing, uh, we'd love to hear from you. So please get in touch. Awesome. Thanks for that, Mark. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. To view the Brand USA streaming content, download the Go USA app to your smart TV, Apple TV, Roku, or however you stream content. And remember, watch it on the biggest screen you can find. Join us next time when I'll be chatting with Colleen Coleman of the National Forest Foundation about brand and nonprofit partnerships and how these collaborations often result in some of the most engaging, purpose-driven content being created today.